Uh, have you ever seen John Timur get so excited that he wanted to sing a verse that wasn't even there? <laughs> oh, church, do me a favor, please, if you would, for just a moment. And um, uh, as the song, we, the hymn we just uh, sang, take a look around. Just for a moment, just take a look around. COVID hasn't won, brethren. We're all right. Is that all right? We're all right. We're all right. I want to take this moment to thank, um, you know, there's so, so many people to thank uh, whenever you're trying to um, put together a lectureship. There's just so many workers. Um, there's some that are in the front, um, and there are so many behind the scenes, and I never want to forget all the people behind the scenes that are doing the work who have been working laboriously, just, just intensely, just on and on. I think the earliest worker that comes here uh, are the cooks, the workers that are here. You know, Tony has it uh, kind of blew my mind a little bit. She said, well, I'll be here at 4 a.m. And I said, 4 a.m.? And that was yesterday. I was sleeping at 4 a.m. Um, but, I mean, just, just everything that everyone has put into this, thank you so very much for all of your work, uh, every one of you. Um, and then I want to thank all the, the, the members of the church the, all over the state who've come. Thank you for coming to make this lectureship uh, what, it, what it is. And then I want to thank all the preachers. Uh, you know, we, we all have, some of us, three lessons. We've, you know, double duty. We have two lessons. And, but you came. <laughs> and you came prepared. And you, you brought forth the Word of God. And thank you. So thank you to every single person involved in this lectureship. Thank you for all of you who are attending today. And God bless each one of you richly. We're glad you're here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We thank God for your presence. We ask that we could go together to God in a word of prayer, please. Our great Heavenly Father, we're honored and thankful to you that we could say, hallowed be your name, and mean it. And Lord God, you are omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient, and we don't understand a lot about you because you are God. For your thoughts are higher than our thoughts and your ways are higher than our ways. And the wisest man that's ever walked on the face of the earth, even Solomon, couldn't even touch the foolishness if you had any. Thank you for allowing us to be your children. Thank you for your darling son who came and died that we might live. Thank you for your mercy and your care. And thank you for allowing us to see this day, another day, to worship you, to worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask, Lord God, for your blessing upon us that our minds will be rid of worldly thought and will focus only on you, on your word, your will, and your way. These things we do ask and pray and thank you for. In that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for be thy will. Amen. Now, there's a rumor, and I don't like spreading rumors, so let me ask a question. Uh, is the next lectureship in the valley? Yes. Okay. It's not a rumor. So, uh, Lord willing, let's start planning for next year. We'll be up uh, in the valley, and then Robert can say thank you to everyone uh, for being here. So, I have a topic that uh, I've been assigned, the tears. Wow, that's, that's a tough one. Tears among the wheat. In, in Matthew chapter 13, it's... You know, Jesus, he, um, 
He uses seven parables um, to to describe the kingdom of of heaven, and and he speaks of a tragedy that happens. There are tears that are sewn in to something that is so good and so right. Tares continually grow up. They grow up with the wheat, amongst the wheat. And, and tares are this, by definition, if you will, are a bearded darnel which resembles wheat. It's, it's false wheat. So there are lots of names and terms they give to this false wheat. And tares are hard to distinguish. They're, they're hard to distinguish from the wheat in their earlier stages of growth. And it's not until the plants are close to ripening that the difference is seen between the two. Now, I said tragedy because I'm having to swallow and had to swallow every time I read this passage and think about this text that the tares are among us. Have you ever read that passage and said, wait, am I, wait, am I, am I wheat or, or am I tear? What, which one am, am I? And then of course we all say, well, well I'm the wheat, right? Because we can't fathom the idea that there are tares among us. And so, Jesus told the parable, and, and when he finished the parable, the, the, the disciples came together and they said, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus, whoa. Did, what does this mean? In verse 37, 36 rather, then he left the multitudes and went into the house, and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Because it's it's tragic. A few years ago, when we had the lectureship scheduled here, Robert had this topic, and I was like, "I wish he still had the topic." Let's listen to what Jesus says as he describes the parable, verse thirty-seven. And he answered and said, "The one who sows the good seed." Is the Son of Man. Okay? It's Jesus. He's sowing. 38. And the field is the world. As for the good seed, they are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. So the seed is what was. What is produced, if you will, it produces Christians, children of God, the kingdom, the gospel message produces that. The field itself is the world, the tares, we gotta read this again because I want you to get it from Jesus. 
verse 38, are the sons of the devil. Now, if we stop right there, we would say, well, then obviously we're talking about the church and then that which is outside of the church, the world. But the, the parable is a little more detailed than that. He goes on to say in verse 39, And the enemy who sold them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered and burned inside, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, they will gather out of his kingdom all who... Wait. Where are they going to be gathered out of? That's what's so confusing. That doesn't make sense. Because when you read through this, you're going, okay, well, all right, the sons of God, and we look at the sun, and then, and then Satan is sowing a seed, and then he sold them. And then how did, But how did he get them into the kingdom. And so when you read the verse in the passage, the first thing you want to do is excuse the idea that when Jesus was talking about the kingdom, well, he's talking about the church. He's not talking about the, the, the something that's in the heavens. He's talking about on the earth. And so the confusion comes in. And brethren, we say, well, that can't be talking about the church. But you see, it's the parables that Jesus begins to talk about the church sowing the seed to produce, to make the kingdom. Jesus would die and produce a kingdom. And upon this rock, I also say unto you that you are Peter. Right? And he built a church. I will build my church. And then he goes on in Matthew, and he says in verse, verse 19, he goes on and he says, the kingdom. And so I'm going back and I'm looking at the passage. I'm going, wait a minute. How did this, how did this happen? Verse 40. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there shall be Weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Satan imitates everything. That God has. He can't duplicate. But he can imitate. Jesus was sowing the seed. So Satan began sowing the seed. Two different seeds. In the same location. Because the wheat, as it grows, the tares grow with it in the same location. And it's interesting that what Satan sows is something we would never sow. Who would sow a weed? But Satan sows weeds amongst God's people. 
Church, God is showing us that all seeds are not alike. I've got to come back to that one. Just a moment. Every seed comes after its own kind. And that's what's making this so terrifying because he says there's a tear and there's the wheat. And we're going to read later about what Jesus said about us. Turn to 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 4. I tried so hard in research. I looked in, in, in you know, secular world and botany and I just, and I researched. I said, hey, I, you know, somewhere in here, I'm going to find it. Somewhere in here, there's some secret code in the seed of the tear that's going to say, okay, the tear can change and become the wheat in the wheat. I couldn't find it. I looked for it. That's how troubling this is to me. I couldn't find it. Maybe when I'm finished, someone will say, Preacher, you didn't look hard enough. I have the answer. And thank God, come to me. Because Satan is deceived. Some of us in the believing that all seeds are alike. And they're not. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Satan, 1 John please, chapter 3, is continually striving to sabotage everything that God has. You know what Satan's seeds are called? In the, in the text, they're called as children. Children of Satan. Wait, why would Satan's children be right here? First hmm. John 3 and verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God nor the one who does not love his brother. Obvious? Wait. The children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. So here they are. They're grown up now. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. That might sting a little bit. Nor the one who does not love his brother. John 8, verse 44. The obvious. Well, what's obvious about? Okay, God, I got it. I can get this one right here. Um, so, righteousness, I, I get it. And, and now you're saying that it should be obvious and we should be able to tell and we should be able to distinguish and Okay, I got this one, John 8, 44, because he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes, and, and I can see it in verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, 
He speaks from his own nature, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Okay. So if a person is a bold-faced liar, then we know that person's coming. You would think that it would be more obvious than it is sometimes to distinguish between the devil's children and the children of God. But you know what's amazing? In most cases, in lots of cases, it's not. I'm going to get to the why in a moment. There's a mixture, always, of good and evil. It's all, right? Every, every you know, movie you see where there's an action hero, there's some kind of villain and mixture of the of the two and and amongst the church in this mixture we have what the world accuses us of but we know the world does this we know the world participates and fits in this in this box of hypocrisy and then the world says oh wait a minute so are you guys ah that stings a little bit unbelievers and believers well, we're all believers, right? How'd they get here? Back to Matthew chapter 13, please. How did this mixture even, how did it happen? Where does it come from? What is it all, what is it all about? Verse 24. So Jesus presented to them another parable. Here's what he said. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. And then here comes the problem. But while the church was sleeping, Satan sold them in. That's what he's talking about. He's saying the church sometimes goes to sleep and becomes like the world. And while the church is sleeping, Satan sows in people just like us. Because we're not practicing righteousness. Think for just a moment, a little bit. How some of the preachers way back, I mean, I'll, I'll go back, I don't know how far to go back, and the preachers, you go back to Jesus, right? Come forward, go back to the apostles. What happened every time Jesus sent prophets? What does Jesus say? You murdered them all, talking to Israel. You murdered all my prophets. Every one of them that practiced righteousness and brought to you the word of God, you murdered them. Good thing that's in the Old Testament. What has the church done to God's preachers? Remember the song, Mama, Grandma, don't let your babies grow up to be preachers? No, I know it says cowboys, but you know. What has the church done to people who want to bring the truth of God's word? What has it done? 
Who's done it? Who's guilty of it? I think we can start narrowing it down just a little bit. Because the text says, He presented another parable to them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. And the slaves of the landowner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Well, how does it have tears? Well, because there's an enemy, Satan, who's been sowing the seed of evil into the Lord's church. Look at verse 41. Verse 41. The Son of Man will send forth His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. So, now, out of His kingdom... It would be different if it was in the world. But it's not in the world. He's not talking about the world. Oh, he says the world's a part of it. God takes the evil from the world, brings them into the church, and Satan starts sowing evil seeds within the body. And he does it when people are sleeping. Church, we have to wake up. The church, I'm going to come back. I brought it up. I'm going to come back to it. The church, sadly enough, so often looks just like the world. Acts like the world. Talks like the world. Find aggressive spirits like the world. Live like the world. We act like tares. Are we tares? Oh Lord, I hope not. But how in the world can this be? I mean, how can you have someone who's a tear? Think about this. How, how do you identify that? I'm not even trying. I'll never try to identify a tear. I, I, I can't do I just, I, I can't even fathom the idea. I don't even understand. I don't understand the parable. But I can see what Jesus meant. Oh, no, not in you. Right? Let me show you something. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. If it weren't written on the pages of Scripture, you wouldn't believe it. Verse 70. Jesus answered them, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is what? Is a devil. Imagine. Man, when you think about those apostles, those 11 apostles walk with Judas, scared. they walk with Judas, they live with Judas, they, they drank with Judas, they ate with Judas, they loved Judas, they were participants with Judas. They saw nothing but good in Judas, and Judas was Satan in their midst, and they couldn't even see it. Wow. Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. 
And he had his way out. But he didn't take it. And, and you know, in Matthew 13, Matthew 13, in, in verse 18, uh, the Bible talks about uh, the sowing the seed of the kingdom and sowing the seed of the kingdom and sowing. This is, I love this, this parable you can love, right? You can say, oh, I, I understand this parable, Lord, because see, people change. In verse, verse 18, here then the parable of the sower. When, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away uh, what, was, uh, what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. And so I was like, okay, I'm thinking back. Well, is there some kind of relationship? Uh, maybe there is. I don't know the relationship. But these folks have changed. These folks can change. God can till that ground. He can change that ground. He can disrupt that spirit and change us and turn us into the people he wants us to be. These aren't tares. And that's what makes it so difficult. And the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself but it's only temporary, and when affliction and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. So folks, you're struggling. Some of us maybe at some point have been in, in somewhere in this, in this parable, and we're growing, and thank God for that. And some of us haven't grown at all, and we're still in the same place. But thank God for time, and I pray God will change us and alter us and, and fix us and and the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns is the man who hears the word and the word of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And, and, and the Bible says, don't worry. And yet I still worry and I just, right, I'm trying not to be that person. So thank God these are not the tares. In verse 23, and the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundred and sixty some 30-fold. And how many times have we seen folks that, that were so faithful go right back to the beginning, fall away, right? Church, I, the parable just shakes you. It's a, it's, it's a parable that is, is meant, it's meant to shake us. It, turn to Psalm 55, please. And, and church, it's, it's meant to wake us up, you see? It's, it's meant for us not to sleep any longer, because look, when, when righteousness is before you, and when I say righteousness, what I'm, what I'm speaking of is, if you, if you got a preacher, we had good preaching this weekend. You got good preachers in the state. Treat them right. They're trying to save your souls. See, I can do this today because it's a preacher sermon, right? Trying to save your soul. But some folks don't want to be saved. Right? Isn't that sad? You ever thought about that? Some... Okay, look, David says, Psalm 55, verse 12, For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide myself from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my familiar friend. 1 Corinthians 11. I just want to show you. I want to show you how, how Satan works, has worked in, in the, the peoples, if you will, of God's people over and over and over again. He's just worked and worked and worked. And he hasn't taken a vacation yet. 
2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26. Paul is talking about all the trouble he's gone through and trying to declare the gospel message, right? He's talking and he says, look, I've gone through so much, but I'm still with the Lord. And so 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 26, uh, the Bible says there, I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among... Really? False brethren? How, how does that work out? Galatians 2. Verse 4. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4. But it was because of the false brethren who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus in order to bring us into bondage. It was the false brethren. And then 2 Corinthians, back there, chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you find that Satan has disguised himself and infiltrated the church. Verse 13. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguise themselves as apostles of Christ, and no wonder for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their deeds. How did they get here? See, church, salt and light. Light exposes dark. If we all together focus all of our energy into being the light, when the tears come, First John says they'll be obvious by their deeds. But here's what the tear says to us. See, Satan planted because he's following Jesus. Not for the purpose of salvation, but to plant another seed for the purpose of evil to destroy what God has established. That's why you can travel around the city and you'll find all of these people intermixed together. And you've got churches everywhere. Right? Everywhere. And then within the Lord's church, and the tares are saying this. Y'all have teen pregnancy? So do we. Do you have young folks that are no longer abstaining them? So do we. We're just like you. You're just like us. What? Church? Wait. What did they just... Yeah. Are we distinguishable from the world in reality? I mean, I, I know I call this, you know, it's a hospital. And God, thank God for being the great physician and healing us. But church, we ought to be different. <laughs> Distinguishable from the tears. But no, the tears, they are, it's easy for them to come in here because we're sometimes like them. Can't be like them. 
We have to be different. Are they hateful? So are we. Right? Oops. Are they vengeful? Yeah, they're vengeful. So are we. Are they sinners? I hear preachers say it all the time. So are we. No, you should not be a sinner. You should be one who sins. Sinners practice lawlessness. We don't practice it, right? Yes, we do. Church, we ought not do that. We're different. We have to put forth the energy and the effort to be different from the world. And when we sin, we say, I'm sorry. The tares say, do you have road rage? The church says, so do we. We can continue on, couldn't we? You see, this passage is meant to wake us up. It's a hard one. It's a hard passage. It's tough. It's tough. I, this, this one, reading through this and, and struggling with this, and I, like, this, this is, but you know, but preacher, you're either with God or you're with man. I'm not with man, so you've got to preach. Turn to Isaiah chapter 5. You've got to preach it. You've got to tell the folks, you've got to warn the folks that, that at the end of the parable, it says that Jesus is coming back. Right? To warn us, to remind us that we've got to live faithfully for Jesus because He's coming back. Set aside your pride. Humble yourself under the hand of the mighty God. Isaiah 5 and verse 20, the Bible says clearly to us, to all of the God's people, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. The terror said, we do that too. What? Who substitute light for darkness. Who substitute darkness for light. And light for darkness. Substitute bitter for sweet. Sweet for bitter. Who tells the preacher... We don't want to hear it anymore. Sit down. Shut up. Tara said, we do that too. Verse 21. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And they're amongst us. Second Corinthians, please. Chapter, chapter 4. And I'm just, I'm just so, it, it's just, I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not, this is not a sermon. I'm not, don't confuse this sermon with me coming here to complain to you. Or, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, we just can't let Satan in. Right? We, we, in fact, we've already let him in. Let me just rephrase that. We have to kick him out. Right, church? We've already let him in. In fact, may, maybe I gave him a ride this morning. I don't, I don't know. But so, he's here. Maybe you gave him a ride. I don't know, but he's here. And he's confusing us. Because that's what he does. And keep in mind that he hates us. He absolutely hates us. He can't stand you. And he can't stand me. He hates us. 
Verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also be manifested in our bodies. We're going to struggle, church, because Satan is here. But it doesn't mean we lose. We win. So somehow, some way, that transformation of Romans 12 has to take place in our minds. The way we, we just set aside our bodies and we make our bodies holy sacrifices to God. We present ourselves to God. That's why you're here this morning. You're presenting yourself to God. Thank you for that. Keep doing that. Every day you live your life, you go to your work on your job, present your body as a holy and living sacrifice to God. Your mind, holistically speaking, all of you belongs to God, not the devil. And so we're victorious. Listen to what it says in verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. When someone says, I don't know how you made it through that. God, every day, throughout the day, he was strengthening me. Right? And he goes on to say, for momentary light afflictions is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Is that what I'm striving after? Okay, we've got to wrap this up. Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13. Am I striving after eternal things or am I striving after the flesh? To feed the flesh. This parable, I want us to get our minds off of the seriousness of this parable. Because when they noticed there was a problem, they said, we've got to do something about it. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Verse 27, this is what we're going to do. He says, the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, do you want us then? To go and gather them up. But he said no. Lest while you are gathering up the tares. You may root up the wheat. With them. You know what's, you know what's sad? About the. Now let me just inter, interject. Just the, just the weeding out in the end within the kingdom, whether a tear or not, just the weeding out in the kingdom at the end. You realize that the person sometimes that we might want to uproot and weed out, that's somebody's mother or son or daughter or brother or sister. And God says, when you start pulling on those weeds and you start grabbing that, that weed, you know what you're going to pull up with it? 
you're going to pull up that wheat too. Be careful. Wow. Have you seen it? You seen whole families leave the church? Right. Somebody go to someone. Hey, look, I'm going to help you out. I'll, I'll tell you about the Lord. Something, 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 something. Someone gets offended. And the whole family leaves. Travel to travel to the United States of America. Go to maybe some places that you grew up. Maybe the church was there, maybe it wasn't. But you go to some place where there is a church of some sort. Or go find the church. And sometimes it's no longer there. What happened? Satan infiltrated it and destroyed it and tore it to pieces. And it's no longer there. He says, you got to be careful. Allow both, verse 30. Allow both of them to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. Verse 40, please. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. Stop causing Christians to stumble. Stop. Stop. Right. Don't, don't be a stumbling block to other Christians. Don't do that. See, God says, if you're going to do that, I got something. Oh, Lord, okay, I get it. All stumbling blocks and those who commit, stop committing lawlessness. Stop sinning. Just stop. Earlier, Robert said, say no. I'm saying, when you say no, stop. (laughs) Stop. Just stop. Make a choice. Today, I'm not going to sin. Does it mean you're going to live perfectly? Maybe you might fall short just for a moment. Stop and pray. Tell Satan, go. Stop sinning. Stop practicing lawlessness. Stop causing people to stumble. Stop being in the way. Just stop. In church, I'm going to close with this one. I'm going to give you two verses and I'm going to give you one verse. Stop. Say no. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> My sermon right <laughs> And wake up. Because that's when Satan does his work. When we are asleep. That's simple, right? Tough parable. Tough parable. But it's true. Verse 41, please. The Son of Man will send forth his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire and that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. 
He who has ears, let him hear. Thank you for giving me your time this morning to talk to you about a very difficult subject. It's a tough one. But it's true. It's true. I pray God that something has been said over this lectureship that has encouraged you and and strengthened you and and made you go back and say, I'm going to go home and strengthen my congregation. And if you've fallen away, Praise God that you come back. And if you're struggling, praise God that you recognize it. And if we can help you in any way, make it known to us. This morning, if you're struggling in your faith, and we can pray with you or pray for you, you can make that known. This morning, if, if you've got uh, uh, problems with someone else, give them a call. Make it right. Today's a good day. If you're not a Christian yet, we... Encourage you to surrender to God in the waters of baptism. Having heard his word and believed it and have repentance of godly sorrow in your heart. You're willing to confess his name before man. Be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of sins. Now's the the time. Today is the day. Thank you for attending. And thank you for giving me so much time this morning. God bless each and every one of you. If we can help, please come. While together we stand and sing our song, Imitation.